Please turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John's Gospel and chapter 10. And I'll read the first nine verses. John chapter 10, verse 1. And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them. But they did not understand those things which he had been saying to them. Jesus therefore said to them again, Truly, truly, I I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. A number of years ago, we had the opportunity to work through the Gospel of John, and for whatever reason, when we did so, we did not have the occasion to do as much looking, not much study of this particular chapter in John chapter 10, and so what I am doing today and for the next few sermons is to work through this chapter We know there are a number of great truths in this chapter because it is Jesus himself who speaks most of the words throughout the chapter. In John's Gospel, there are what are called the seven I am sayings of Jesus in which Jesus identifies himself as the Messiah and the great work that he does. Two of those I am sayings are found in in this particular chapter, in two parables, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. We see the first there in verse 7 where Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then the second down in verse 11 where he said, I am the good shepherd. The occasion of Jesus' discourse here was one, was one of a controversy with the Pharisees. In the previous chapter, Jesus had passed through the city streets of Jerusalem. He had come up upon a man that was born blind. Jesus opened his eyes, and that was the beginning of this particular controversy. If we look back to John chapter 9, we can read in verses 5 through 7. Jesus says in verse 5, he says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes, that is, to the blind man's eyes, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. And so he went away and washed and came back, seeing. And it was a very great miracle of Jesus, which no one could deny. The man had been born blind, blind from his birth. He had never seen and Here, by the supernatural power of Jesus, this great miracle had come about and the man could now see. And when the Pharisees heard of this, they were enraged that Jesus had performed such a miracle. On previous occasions, they had already rejected Jesus as the Savior. They denied he had any authority to teach them the ways of God. If we look down to verse 29 of this chapter, this is what the Pharisees said of Jesus. They said, we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. And so the scribes and the Pharisees, they regarded themselves as the true teachers of the people of God. They would not receive any teaching 
from Jesus. And Jesus goes on here in John chapter 9 to tell them that they were not really the true teachers of God's ways. They were actually blind guides. And this is what he says down in verse 39 through 41. Verse 39, and Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, your sin remains. Now Jesus speaks here of spiritual blindness and spiritual sight. His opening of the physical eyes of the man who was born blind was a symbol of his opening of the spiritual eyes of all who believe in him. We are all born spiritually blind, so we cannot see. We are blind to God. We are blind to his truth and to his glory in the world. We are blind to the spiritual realities of the world we are living in and the eternal world of heaven and hell, which is to come. We are blind to God's way of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. And just like this man born blind, our greatest need in life is to have our spiritual eyes opened so that we may see Jesus, and he himself is the only one who can open our eyes. And for anyone who comes to Jesus, and anyone who acknowledges his own blindness to Jesus, Jesus will open his eyes so that he might see. And this is what he means in the beginning of verse 39. He says, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see, those who acknowledge that they do not see, they may see, I will give them spiritual eyes. But then the problem with the Pharisees was they did not acknowledge their blindness, that those at the end of verse 39, those who see, those who claim that they see, may, may become blind. And the same thing down in verse 41, if you were blind, he says to them, if you acknowledged your own blindness, then you would have no sin. I would open your eyes and your sins would be taken away by me. But since you say we see, since we say, since you say that we see all things clearly, your sin remains. So the Pharisees thought that they could see the way into the kingdom of God. But they were actually the blind men who refused to come to Jesus, that their eyes may be opened. Jesus is always gracious and kind to all who come to him, whatever their need might be. Whoever comes to Jesus thirsty, he will give them the waters of eternal life. Whoever comes to Jesus hungry, he will give them the bread of God down from heaven to feed their souls. Whoever comes to him crippled and lame, he will give them strength to walk, whatever need one may have. Whoever comes to Jesus, he will meet that need. Whoever comes to him and says, I am blind, Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Jesus has the power to open the eyes of the spiritually blind. The problem with the Pharisees was they thought they could see their way into the kingdom of God. And they thought it was by their own good works and self-righteousness. But they were blind to the true entrance into that kingdom and they refused to come to Jesus. And because of their unbelief, their sin and their blindness remains and so we have this chapter break, chapter 10, and then we begin at verse 1. And this is one of those places where it is unfortunate that we have a chapter break because there really is no break in the discourse in the words of Jesus here. 
And so as chapter 10 of John begins, we understand that Jesus is continuing to speak of this controversy with the Pharisees to condemn the Pharisees as the false teachers of religion. The overall parable in this chapter is that of a shepherd with his sheep. And even in the first nine verses, which we will look at this morning, in which the parable is the door, Jesus is the door, the parable, the bigger parable of the shepherd and his sheep always lies in the background. Jesus is always the good shepherd and his people are the sheep. The people of Jesus' day, they would have much more easily understood a parable with a shepherd and his sheep because they saw shepherds with their sheep all around them continually. And What would happen is during the day, the shepherd would bring his sheep out into the pastures for them to graze and feed. And then at the end of the day, when the sun began to set, the shepherd would bring them into a walled enclosure called a fold, and there they would stay in the night for their safety. The enclosure would have high walls made of stones for their protection, and there would be an entrance, there would be a door into this enclosure, into this sheepfold, but there would be only one entrance only one door into the fold. We should not imagine a door as we think of it today that swings open and close. What we speak of here in this door is simply an opening, an opening in the wall that surrounds the enclosure. And there was no other way in and no other way out except through that opening. And what would happen at the night is that the shepherd himself, he would remain at that opening and he, the shepherd himself, would lay down at that entrance and by laying there, he himself would become the door into the entrance, into the sheepfold. No one could enter, no one could leave apart from him. And he would remain there for the safety of the sheep to protect them from any dangers Throughout the night. And this is who Jesus is in this first parable. He is the door of the sheep. And in these opening verses, he is also the true shepherd, always the great teacher of his people. In these first few verses here in John's chapter 10, a true shepherd is a true teacher of God's people, and he, the true pastor of God's people, he enters by the door which is Christ into the fold of the sheep. But the false teacher, who is a thief and a robber, he will not come by the door which is Christ. He will climb up some other way over the wall into the sheepfold. And in Jesus' day, These thieves and robbers were the Pharisees. He condemns them here as the false teachers of religion. They are thieves. They are robbers. They climb up over the wall to do harm and to steal the sheep. The Pharisees and the false teachers of religion, of which there have always been many, they are described in verse 1. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter by the door, he is speaking to the Pharisees by the door, who is I, I am the door, into the fold of the sheep, but he climbs up some other way. He is a thief and a robber. The Pharisees did not come to teach, to honor, and exalt Jesus Christ. They came for their own motives. They had their own desires for their own honor, for their own popularity, For their own financial gain. They love to practice righteousness. To be noticed by men. They love the place of honor. And the chief seats in the synagogues. In order to be honored by other men. They devoured widows houses. Took the money for themselves. While they offered long prayers. At the same time. They were thieves. They were robbers. 
of which there have always been many. Martin Luther comments on this verse, and Martin Luther said this, These thieves and robbers form at all times the great majority in the world, and nothing better can they be as long as they are not in Christ. In fact, the world will have such wolves preaching, and indeed desires no better because it hears not Christ nor regards Christ, It is no wonder that true Christians and their pastors are so few. But now in verses 2 through 5, Jesus, he contrasts the false teachers with true pastors. He says in verse 2, But he who enters by the door, he is a shepherd of the sheep. He who enters by the door, who is Christ, who desires to preach Jesus Christ and his truth to the people, to honor him and glorify him in his word. He is a true and faithful shepherd of the sheep. Then he says in verses 3 through 5, to him the doorkeeper opens. Now the doorkeeper here, we could understand this to be Jesus himself, who is the door, who keeps the door. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee him from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now Jesus is always the great shepherd who teaches his people. But he sends under shepherds who are the true pastors of his sheep as well. And one of the traits of the sheep is that they know the voice of their own shepherd and they follow him. The voice of another shepherd they will not follow. True believers recognize the work of the Holy Spirit and the difference between truth and error, and they will follow the teaching of a true pastor when they hear him because they will hear the voice of the great shepherd speaking through him. They will not follow the errors of false teachers, but will flee from them. And this is what John speaks of in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. He says, You have an anointing from the Holy One, And you know all. These things, John says, I have written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you abide in him. This is the way it has always been with all the true people of God through the ages. There are always those who are trying to deceive the true sheep of Jesus. But they have an anointing. They have the Holy One. The Spirit of God who teaches them the truth and they will not follow another false shepherd. When the Pharisees heard this, they did not understand. He was speaking of them. In verse 6, John says this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. Then he says in verse 7 and 8, Jesus therefore said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now in the previous verses, Jesus has implied that he is the door of the sheep. But now here in verse 7, for the first time, he speaks explicitly that he is the door of the sheep, truly, truly, he says, I am the door of the sheep. And he is still speaking to the teachers of the church, of his people. They must all come through him. In verse 8, he speaks of the false teachers who came before him, We might think of all the false prophets of Jeremiah's day, the false prophets of Isaiah's day, the false prophets of Ezekiel's time, 
always prophesying peace, peace, when there was no peace. And the Pharisees are the false teachers of Jesus' time. But Jesus says at the end of verse 8, but the sheep did not hear them. The true people of God never followed the false prophets. But now in verses 9 and 10, rather verse 9, Jesus here comes to the real heart of the parable because he speaks here not just in regard to the teachers of his people, but he extends the parable now to all the people of God. And he makes an invitation to all to come to him as the door. We see in verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. For the second time in this passage, now Jesus makes this most astonishing claim. And he says, I am, I myself am the door. It is an exclusive claim by which Jesus means I am the only door. The only entrance into the sheepfold, into the kingdom of God. He says, I am the door. He does not say, I am a door, as if there were many different doors by which one could enter into the sheepfold. He says, I am the door, the only door, the only entrance, the only way into the sheepfold and into the kingdom of God. The sheep are the people of God. And they are the only ones who are in this sheepfold the only ones within this, ent- in, in this enclosure which is the kingdom of God, they are the only ones who are under the favor, the blessing, and the love of God. And there is only one door. There is only one way of entrance into this kingdom, and it is through our Lord Jesus Christ. By nature, we are all born outside this entrance and outside this sheepfold But within the sheepfold, here is the only place where there is mercy, the only place where there is forgiveness of our sins, and the only place where there is a right relationship with God, the only place of life and peace. Outside, outside we are separated, we are alienated, we are under the judgment of God, because of our sins. Let us imagine for a moment that we are outside this sheepfold. We are outside this enclosure, this kingdom of God, which is really where we all are by birth. And where you are this morning, if you are not a true believer and follower of Jesus, we are outside this sheepfold, but we are able to look in We are able to look within the enclosure and to see the sheep that are in there, God's people, the sheep of Jesus. And in this enclosure, they are in a place of safety. In this enclosure, they have peace. They rest securely. They are well cared for. They are provided for by the great shepherd of the sheep who is Jesus. They have true joy and happiness and contentment. They have hope in believing in him. They know the blessing of God, the favor of God, the mercies of God continually upon them. And within this enclosure, there is no wolf, there is no thief or robber, or any danger that can ever come upon them because they are protected by the good shepherd who lays at the entrance and he is the door and they must go through him. They cannot enter in and harm the sheep. Jesus is the door who guards the sheepfold. The problem is, the problem is that we ourselves, we are outside. 
And we do not know the blessings that they have. We, can, we are only looking in to the sheepfold. And there could not be greater differences between us who are outside and those who are within. Because we live in sin outside and we live under the power of sin. But they live under the grace and the power of God. Day by day, we are perishing in our sin. Day by day, they are being renewed by the Spirit of God into new life. We have guilt. We have guilt. They have peace with God. We are alienated from God. They are in fellowship with him. We are under his curse. They are under his blessing. We are filthy. We are filthy because of our sin. They are clean. We have no hope. And we have no hope. And every day, every day outside this enclosure, outside this sheepfold, we live every day, whether we think of it much or not, we live every day in the fear of death. Because if we die outside of this enclosure, we will perish forever into an eternal darkness and hell. But those who are within the sheepfold, those who are within the enclosure, they have great hope. Because if they die, if they die, they will enter immediately into eternal life in the presence of God forever. They have perfect safety. We are in great danger. This is where we all are by nature. Outside the sheepfold, outside the kingdom of God, outside of his love and his favor, there could not be so many great differences, so many great differences between us who are outside and those who are within So the question is, what shall we do? What shall we do if we are outside? The only answer is we must find an entrance. We must find the door into this enclosure that we might enter as well and find these blessings. And we ought to be most earnest about it. Because there is nothing more important for us than to enter into this sheepfold of Jesus. Have you ever seen people fleeing from great dangers? We all have. You remember when the towers came down in New York City and the people were running. Running as fast as they could, desperate for a place of safety. We've seen pictures of people running from tsunamis and great floods. They run desperately trying to find some place of safety. That's the way it ought to be for us. When we are outside this enclosure, we ought to be desperate. We ought to be earnest to find the door of entrance within The man born blind back in chapter 9. That's the way we all are by nature in this world. Spiritually blind. And that's why so many have no concern to find this door because they are spiritually blind to everything that I have just spoken of. But as soon as our eyes begin to be opened, as soon as our eyes begin to be opened just a little, then we become most desperate, earnest to find this door of entrance. And the amazing thing is, the most astonishing thing is that God has made a door of certain entrance for sinners and the door is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Only one door. 
Jesus, I am the door, he says. I am the only way of access into the kingdom. I am the only way of entrance and the only way of return to God. He is really saying the same thing. He will say later in John chapter 14 and verse 6, where he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one can ever enter into salvation except by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. An exclusive claim of Jesus. I am the door. Paul put it this way. He said, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. We might think perhaps of the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were first made in the garden, when they were in their innocence, it was a garden of paradise to them. They knew fellowship with God. They were under all of the blessings of God upon them. But then when they sinned, they were cast out from the garden and the cherubim was stationed with the flaming sword so that there could be no entrance back into the garden to eat from the tree of life. And that garden, it seems that it remained until for hundreds of years, until the flood of Noah finally took it away. And perhaps we can even imagine that people looked at that garden from a distance and they wondered, how can we enter back into the garden? There was no way of entrance into back into that garden. No matter how sincere, earnest they were, they could not find an entrance into that garden of Eden again. But what God has done for us is he has made a paradise, a new paradise, far greater and eternal paradise. And there is an entrance into that paradise of God, which comes through our Lord Jesus alone. People are always trying to find a new way, another way into this garden, into this enclosure, into the kingdom of God. Many people say, well, we'll do our good works and perhaps we will build ourselves a ladder that can reach over the wall and we can enter into the enclosure. But the enclosure is so high because of our sins, it is impossible for us to ever do anything by which we may climb up over the wall. Others think if we practice some outward religion, we go to church on Sundays, maybe we get ourselves baptized by the pastor, maybe We enter into the membership of the church. This will be my entrance into the kingdom and the blessing of God. People are always trying to find some other way of entrance into the kingdom. But there is only one way. There is only one entrance into God's kingdom. And it is through Jesus. He says, I am the door. I am the only door. Some might wonder, well, is the door open for me? Perhaps you remember a time when you came to your house and you lost the key and you were locked out and you could not find an entrance. The door was locked and you couldn't enter. There was no way to open the door. And you might wonder, well, is this door, will this door be locked for me? But this door of our Lord Jesus is never locked. And it is always open to all who come to him. And there is a sign, we might say, there is a sign above the door. And the sign over the door reads that anyone may come. That's the great invitation which Jesus makes next. He says, I am the door. And then he makes this universal invitation and call to all men. He says, if anyone, if anyone enters through me. If anyone, it does not matter who we are, whatever our background may be, whatever sins we may have committed, however great, however many there may have been, boys, girls, young, old, we are all invited to come. The door is always open to us. He says, I am the door. If anyone comes, If anyone seeks to enter by me, I will not cast him out and he will find entrance through me. I am the door if anyone enters through me.
we might, we might say, well, how do we enter into this door? What do we need to do to enter into the door? The answer is repentance and faith. The answer is that we repent, which means we turn away from all of our sins. And faith, which means that we trust in Jesus alone as the Savior. We believe that he alone can cleanse us and deliver us from the guilt of our sin by his death upon the cross. Repentance and faith, we might say it is like the handle on the door. And by repentance and faith, this door will be opened for us. But Jesus says, if anyone enters, you must enter. You must enter into the door. To enter into the door is a very decisive decision. To enter means that you leave the world and your love of the world and you enter into the sheepfold decisively through Jesus Christ. You give up your love of the world, your love of self, your love of your own pleasures, and you come to Jesus and you commit yourself to him above all others to follow him and obey him. Some are content. Too many are content to simply stand outside the enclosure And look in on the sheep in the enclosure. And they only hope that everything will be well with them in the end. But they have only looked into the kingdom and they have never actually entered through the door. You must enter. You must enter through Jesus by repentance and faith. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and straddle the wall of the enclosure. You cannot walk along the wall and think that you are in the kingdom and perhaps in the world at the same time. No one can serve two masters, said Jesus. You cannot serve God and riches at the same time. You must enter in through our Lord Jesus, by repentance and faith. We ask the question, where do we find this door to enter into the kingdom? The answer is, we find the door of Jesus in the Holy Scriptures, in the Bible. We hear him preached in the church. We can read of him in the Scriptures. He is the one that the Bible continually speaks of. He came into this world as a man. He went to the cross to suffer and die for human sin. He paid the penalty so that we might enter into the kingdom. John chapter 3 and verse 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God demonstrates his own love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's where we find Jesus in the scriptures. We go to the Bible and there we find this door of entrance that we may come through by repentance and faith. There are many doors in this world. And many doors, there is always a line of people waiting outside the door. You know how it is when you go to some event, you want to enter in to the event, whatever it might be, there's a line outside the door, and so you must take your place in the line And there you stand and you wait for a while. You hope that you might get in. Perhaps there's not enough places within and you have a hope that you can get in and enter in through the door. There is never any line in front of this door. 
Because as soon as anyone comes to Jesus, he immediately opens the door and brings them immediately in to his kingdom. He never tells someone outside who comes to the door, you must remain here for a little while now. You must do so many good works. You must perform these feats of reformation in your life. You must change your sinful ways first before you can enter into the door. There is no delay here. Jesus receives all who come to him and immediately they enter into his kingdom. So there is never any line in front of this door. It is always open. It is always free. And for all who come, it is the most easy door to ever enter into by repentance and faith in Jesus. Isaiah said, look unto me, all the ends of the earth, and you shall be saved. And Isaiah 55 says this, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And all who have money, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. And what will he find? He will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. One thing you must know about this door is that you must enter it alone. No one else can enter it with you. You must come to Jesus by yourself alone. You must come to him with your own sins to him. There are those who are within the sheepfold. Perhaps your parents other family members, friends, we are within the sheepfold. And we wish that we could reach out and grab you and pull you in through the door. And if we could, we would. But we have no such power to do so. You must come yourself, by yourself, alone, in through the door of Jesus. You cannot wait for others to come with you. You cannot look around yourself and say, what are my friends doing? What are other people doing around me? Whatever they might do, you cannot let your soul perish because of others. You must come on your own and enter into this door. Why will you let the foolishness of others destroy your soul forever? You must come and enter. And every person must come on his own. So Jesus makes this great claim here. He says, I am the door, the only door of entrance. And then he makes the great invitation to all. If anyone enters through me, And then he makes a very great promise. He says, he shall be saved. He shall be saved. He speaks of the fullest possible salvation. A complete, final, eternal salvation. Whoever enters in through Jesus, he will be saved. He will be saved from everything that is against him. And he will be saved to all the blessings and favor and love of God. That's the way it is. We are saved from things. We are saved unto other things. We are saved from the wrath of God against us for our sins. We are saved on that great day of judgment that will come when he will return or all of his sheep. We are saved from all condemnation which is against us, and we shall be saved from hell and eternal destruction. 
That's the promise that Jesus makes here. We shall be saved. The Bible speaks of salvation as past, present, and future. We are saved in the past because we are justified and in a right relationship with God. We are saved in the present because we are being sanctified and he continues to work salvation in us. And we shall be saved in the future when he will return and bring all of us into his eternal kingdom. So there is this past, present, and future salvation, and all of it is included here. Whoever enters in through me, Jesus says, he shall be saved from all of these, in all of these ways. This is the promise for all who enter through Jesus. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. And then he tells us what we shall be saved unto. At the end of the verse, he shall be saved and he shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, when he says that we shall go in and out, he surely does not mean that we will go in and out of the kingdom of God, for such a thing cannot take place. Rather, he speaks of the shepherd who daily brings his sheep out into the pasture to graze and feed, and then every night he brings them back into the sheepfold for their safety and their protection. And so the idea here is that as we live our daily lives in this world, as we go in, as we come out, the Lord Jesus is now our good shepherd. You see, now what's taking place here is that the underlying parable of the good shepherd becomes now even more prominent He is our good shepherd in all of our coming in and going out. He is always watching over us. He is always exercising his sovereign care and dominion over us. He is nourishing us. He is protecting us from all dangers in this present world. And he will bring us safely, all of his sheep, into the eternal kingdom. There's the story of some people who were outside at night in the woods in a forest and there were hungry wolves who came after them and began to chase them and the people ran quickly back into their house and they shut the door they shut the door behind them and the sheep were the the wolves were so ferocious and ravenous they came and they threw themselves up against the door one after the other threw themselves against the door, trying to break down the door. But the door remained strong, and the people inside were safe. And so it is with the sheep of Jesus who are in his sheepfold in this present world. So many dangers all around us, and yet the good shepherd, the great shepherd guards us, and protects us from all of these dangers. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But Jesus is the strong door and the good shepherd and who always keeps us safe at all times. So we go in and we go out and he is always with us in all things. And then he says at the end of verse 5, that we find pasture. Which means that we find everything we need for the good of our souls and our salvation. When a shepherd would take his sheep out into the pasture and he would guide his sheep into the pasture, the sheep would have everything that that sheep could ever need for life, for safety, for health, And so it is with Jesus as he guides us into his own pastures through his word. We find peace, we find satisfaction, we find refreshment. We are the sheep of his fold and he leads us in and out and he guides us into pastures where we are happy and we are contented and we find joy and peace in believing in the gospel.
And here is a very great truth that I would close with this morning. That every person who has ever entered into the sheepfold of Jesus never wants to be taken out of it. Because we have never known such blessings as we receive in this enclosure of his sheepfold. There is no one, there is no one who ever enters through the door of Jesus by repentance and faith. There is no one who ever enters there and ever turns back and says, I need to leave this sheepfold. There are others perhaps who come some other way. And then they do not remain there. But in this sheepfold that Jesus speaks of, all who come by the door, they never turn back. Because they are so well cared for, they are loved by Jesus, and they are provided for, protected by him, the great shepherd. And then John tells us what will happen in eternity. And John, in Revelation chapter 7, John tells us about the sheep who are in heaven before the throne of God. He says, they hunger no more or thirst anymore. He says, neither shall the sun be down upon them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the center of the throne shall be their shepherd. He is still their shepherd into eternity. And he shall guide them to the springs of the water of life. And shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. May God help every one of us to enter into the door of our Lord Jesus and find this wonderful kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your glorious Son, the great Savior of sinners, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for these wonderful statements in which he declares who he is as the Savior. He is the door, the only way of access, the only way of entrance into your kingdom. O oh Lord, help every one of us to know repentance for our sins and faith in him and to come and enter through him that we may be saved and find this good pasture. Hear us, Lord Jesus, and bless your word to us now, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.